Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. I have a returning guest here. We have Juan. Welcome. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for having me back on. I feel honored. (laughs) Yeah, your podcast was a hit. Lots of people love you, love your messaging on Instagram. So I know this episode is going to help many others because we're going to be talking about maintenance. My favorite topic. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the overall theme with your social media is like, you don't have to diet all the time. Maintenance matters, reverse dieting matters. And if you want to build muscle, stop trying to diet all the time, which I love because there just simply isn't enough of that messaging in this space. And if anything, it's been the complete 180 for a very long time. Yeah, it's so important. I think it's so underrated. I think it's one of the the biggest progress flex, you know, and but people don't realize that you can still make progress here. People think that just because you're not gaining or losing that you're being stagnant, but that's the the furthest thing from the truth. Mm -hmm. Lots of people are goal getters. And like when they are hiring a coach, oftentimes it's like, I get two options. Am I going to build muscle or am I going to lose weight? But they forget about the whole maintenance point and what that looks like. And when they're not chasing a specific goal, they start to get discouraged. Or if their macros don't change for a while, they get nervous and they yeah. don't realize that it's actually a good thing that your body is at this maintenance point and that you're not seeing these extreme highs or extreme lows, or you're not having to constantly make changes. Like if anything, it should feel effortless, but I yeah. think people mix effortless and boring. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it when clients come to me with a specific goal of wanting to, to be in maintenance. Um, people don't see it as a goal in itself. Um, and I, one of the biggest things that I would like to encourage people to do is consider keeping your coach in your maintenance phase. A lot of people just like hire someone just to help them through the reverse diet or just to help them through a cut. And then like they're done and then they think like, okay, I'm fine, but not really understanding that it still requires a lot of effort. Um, it's not easy. Um, and it's easy to fall back into old habits, going into an you know, unintentional surplus because you're not being careful. Um, it, it takes a lot of effort. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a great goal in itself. Yeah. There's still effort with maintenance because you're trying to take the habits that you've learned with your coach and continue them. And it is a hard thing when you don't have that instant gratification and it's more yeah. delayed gratification. I've been yeah. there too. I've been in the position where I've hired a coach for the prep, the reverse. And then once I reach maintenance, I'm like, see you later. And yeah. this time around, I've been working with my coach throughout maintaining um, you know, my macros haven't changed for months on end and someone might think, oh my gosh, there's something wrong. Like, or like, what's the point you're wasting your money, but it's yeah. more so having the accountability and not under eating too. Cause like yeah, if I were absolutely. to just completely stop tracking or not checking in as much, I'm an under eater. And then I'm yeah. going to move in the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, having that 
understanding that just because you know the, the scale is kind of staying the same, your macros are the same, things are kind of like a constant, uh, that that's good, uh, but it does require effort. Um, people just think like, okay, I, I'm done. And you know, I, you don't have to put in the work anymore, but this is, I tell people, this is where the real, real work comes in. People have, people are, are great at losing weight, but terrible at maintaining it. You know, I mean, of course in like in contest prep, it's different because you're, you're not meant to stay at the contest prep weight, but I'm just like, talking lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they, the, they struggle with this part. Um, so, but there's still so many good things here that can happen. You still do have some flexibility, but you still have to practice moderation and control. Yeah, definitely. What would you define is a maintenance phase? Like throw out like weights or like some things these people should be experiencing. Uh, with, with maintenance, well, maintenance means basically where you're eating enough to basically maintaining your weight, right? It doesn't mean that your weight is exactly the same. Allow fluctuations. That is totally normal. Um, but also understanding maintenance is, is a range of calories too. It's not exactly like only 2000 calories. And if you dip under, you go over, you're all of a sudden like in a deficit or a surplus, you have a cushion where you can go under, you can go over a little bit and still maintain your weight. You should still see progression in the gym. You know, you sleep, I mean, everything should be more optimized, right? Sleep, maybe if you had like um, hormonal issues, those are more balanced. Maybe your period is more, period is more regular. Your, your mood is better. Performance is more consistent. Um, your hunger is regulated. You're not having like, uh, you shouldn't be seeking food, honestly. I mean, if you're still seeking food in a maintenance phase or still hungry, I just feel like you truly haven't reached a maintenance level or you're still there's still some level of restriction going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, all, this, all of these things should be in a good place. Sleep, performance, um, hunger, your hormones, menstrual cycle, um, those things. Yeah. My favorite way to think of maintenance is like thinking about how we see food as like a toddler where we eat when we're hungry, we stop when we're full. It's not a constant thought that we're having. Yeah. We're happy. We have energy, you know, like that's kind of what we're looking for. Um, great point with the weight too. Cause like, even for myself, my weight still fluctuates plus or minus two or three pounds. If I'm having mm -hmm. my cycle, it can even be higher than that. And that doesn't mean that you have to cut. Like if you see a right. fluctuation upward of three pounds. Um, right. you know, water is a magical thing. <laughs> stress and all <laughs> that. Stress is still going to happen in maintenance, unfortunately. So there's still some things you have to keep tabs on, but this is a great time to master the basics, um, without the pressure of being in a deficit or having to reverse because even reverse dieting can be uncomfortable. For sure. Yeah. And this is where you can also practice the flexibility of being able to, um, transition away from tracking uh, you know every single day you know this is where because your hunger is more normalized more balanced you can trust your um, intuitions a little bit better um, and step away from tracking and you know you you develop the skills of tracking so that when you're in this phase um, I encourage people to step away in some fashion you can have and this can look different on everyone right you can have like an untracked day you can have an untracked meal. Maybe you can have like every day you don't track your breakfast because, you know, maybe when there's a, a meal that you're consistent with that you basically have every single day, um, trust yourself to, to like just eyeball things and you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. It's just like weird thing too. Like when, it, when people hear intuitive based practices, it's almost like they think a complete 180 of, oh, like I can, you know, get the pizookie out and I can get the burger and fries and almost like a cheat meal or a cheat day. And I, I use those terms lightly, but 
intuitive eating still means fueling your body and still focusing on nourishing yourself. And I was just telling Juan before we started recording, I had like four days where I didn't track because my in-laws were in town. And I had this um, girl who was DMing me and she's like all like concerned about it. And I was telling her like, just because I was going out to eat doesn't mean I was going off the walls. I was getting like salmon, rice, veggies, grilled shrimp. I was, I was in like a seafood kick and I had sushi one night, but even with sushi, you know, I don't get the fried rolls. I try to stick to more fresh. So you can still make good choices and be intuitive. And this awesome thing is that my weight didn't fluctuate up five, eight pounds because I've been maintaining where I'm at for months now. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing that I think people need to understand too. Even when like in there, if someone's in a cut and go away on vacation, you shouldn't be throwing all these habits out the window. You still can make better choices. You're still not gonna, you're not gonna go off the rails and just go crazy because that's when you're gonna, you know, gain the weight or get into unintentional surplus because you do this so much. Mm -hmm. One thing you mentioned too, is like maintenance is always shifting, which is a really good point because people get obsessed with their like, um, activity watches or even just like mathematic algorithms of like how many calories they should be burning, but those are wrong. Um, they're just estimates, you know, and you have to understand that some days we move more than others. Some days your training is more intense. There's plenty of days where I know I'm less active, so I'm burning less calories. And that's where your hunger signaling can also shift as well. So maintenance, you know, some days I might be burning 2000 calories. Some days I might be burning 2,500 calories. It's just going to vary. And so many people look at their bodies like a robot, like this perfect mathematic algorithm. And it's just, it's not that. No, I mean, our bodies are pretty smart. It seeks equilibrium. So it, it homeostasis. So like, if you like, yes, just like you said, like there's some days where I'm just not as hungry and it's nice when you're, when you're in maintenance and you're not tracking as much. Uh, Cause when I was in my maintenance phase, I had stepped away from tracking. And it's really interesting to really pay attention to your hunger and satiety, like mm-hmm. actually stopping when you're, when you're full and not, uh, cause usually when you're tracking macros, you, you have your meal and you just, you eat it all without really thinking much about it. Um, but when you're in maintenance, it's, it's really nice to be able to honor that. Um, and, you know, just push it away if you're not hungry, but actually also eat more. If you are hungry, it, it is okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So um, and it, it takes practice and trusting your body to know that it's going to tell you what it needs. Yeah. And think about that after too. I mean, I think oftentimes people are totally open to hiring a coach, but they forget about what's that transition out of the coach. And it shouldn't be again, the habits of like tracking each every single day to just not tracking at all. Like bring that up to your coach. If you do want to work into more intuitive eating and maintaining, start practicing that when you have that accountability. So when you do go on your own, you're a lot more confident and it's not this like complete 180 shift. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some struggles you would say your clients face with being in a maintenance phase? Um, I, I guess uncertainty of if they're making progress. So I have to, all progress was always tied to the scale. So it was helping them identify other ways to measure progress um, that had nothing, has nothing to do with the scale. Um, and then understanding that scale fluctuations are normal. 
Um, you know, if they see the scale go up, all of a sudden they're like, what's going on? You know, um, and then comments of feeling, you know, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable and the, the calories haven't changed, right? I mean, it, it's the same. So helping them understand that scale fluctuations are completely normal um, and that you don't have to be so rigid. You know, that doesn't mean that you have to like totally let go of all these, like the structure and routine that you've had, but, um, you know, letting go of being so rigid with tracking, being so rigid with like, I have to get all my steps in, or, you know, if I didn't get all my training sessions in, you know, I am a failure. So I'm um, having a little bit more flexibility, understanding that this is, has to be sustainable, right? And this is life. This is the way life is. So think about like the, the way you're living, um, can you sustain it? Yeah, so just well, kind of re redefining what it looks like because they're so used to just being in a cut. Most of them just always just used to being in a cut. Yeah, I mean that's the problem too. Is like people know how to diet, people lose weight every single year, but they don't maintain it. Like, and I'm sure you've heard this before, where we don't have a weight loss problem, we have a weight maintenance problem. Yeah, where people are yo-yoing all the time, and then yeah. you know digging a hole with their metabolism, having horrible relationships with food, and it's just like a whirlwind. So instead of um, just jumping into a diet and people will also say, I want to make a lifestyle change. This is the lifestyle change, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is what we want for you, but yeah. it's not super sexy and it's not going to be like these crazy changes all the time. It is. And it's being okay with the kind of, I talk about this being okay with the mundane. Like, this is what you do. You know, people are like, I'm not motivated. Well, you're not going to, you're, I'm sorry, you're going to be really motivated. I mean, I'm really motivated, but this is where you understand that this is where you build a consistency and a habits um, that will carry you through life. And then that will make you more successful in a cut down the road. Mm -hmm. um, I think too many people I know are rushed into a cut without, without even nailing the basic habits that one should have in a maintenance phase. Yeah. I think one thing that can really keep you going is focusing on how you feel versus just the image base, because you see your body every single day. Like it doesn't, it's not going to drastically change in three days or a week or even 12 weeks. You're not going to see like that night and day difference. Right. Um, you're not in a competition prep, you know, you're not doing anything right. extreme. So it's not going to be that way, but motivation can come from like how you feel, even just like little wins of, I went out to eat and I didn't stress out about the calories on the menu right. or I was, um, able to maintain my weight during vacation, you know, like just little things like that are huge wins. Also just like the energy or libido or more of that internal health is something to celebrate. And for me, I'm the same way. I'm not super motivated. I'm actually incredibly lazy. And so like going to the gym, I have to like pep talk myself just to get in my car and drive because yeah. I don't, I don't want to do it. Do I see the value in it? Yes. But I don't think about the now. I think about how is this going to benefit me after? Right. Exactly. I try to make the analogy with brushing your teeth. You're never going to be really excited about brushing your teeth, but you like the end result. So right. you, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at the end result and that's why you do it. Yeah. I also don't like cavities. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and even, you know, kind of going into that, even the financial thing too, right? You brush your teeth every single day. So you don't, you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of, at the dentist. Same goes for your health. If you're not taking care of yourself, healthcare is a pretty penny when you're not taking care of your health. Exactly. I think a lot of people take that for granted, you know, mm -hmm. until down the road, you're forced to look at it in the eye 
And, you know, you're spending more time and energy and money trying to address those things that you kind of, you ignored in the past. So yeah, being proactive and taking preventive measures is huge. Yeah. How long would you say someone can stay in a maintenance phase? Forever. Like this is, I mean, this is where I say maintenance is life. This is where you, you, I mean, there's no end date, right? The longer you can be here, the better. This is, this is where life should be lived. Yeah. Um, I, I would love for people to, to understand that this is, this is where, where your normal should be. I, I try to make an analogy of people going on vacation. People treat maintenance phases as vacation and coming back home as dieting. So people have it backwards, you know, dieting should be those vacations. When you come back home, that's maintenance. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is where life should be lived. Yeah. It's like a little pie chart and like maintenance should be like the 80% and then the 10 in 10 should be the dieting or reverse dieting. Yeah, exactly. Now, what would you say would be signs that someone is ready for a different phase? Is it more so their goals are shifting or like, what are some of those mindset things or like habit-based things you look for to make sure someone is ready for a transition? Um, well, uh, first of all, I, I want to see that they, they're consistent with whatever habits that they currently have. Mm-hmm. So are they already consistent with kneeling, sleep and you know, be consistent with your steps and getting in your, you know, hitting your macros and getting your meals. Um, you know, it's digestion in a good place. Um, how's your performance and strength in the gym? How's your mood? You know, are you, how's work? How's stress? You know, all those things. Um, because anytime you move your body away from that, it is more stress on the body. Um, so this is why, like, when people come to me and they want to go into a cut, I don't put them in a cut right away. I, I, they have to pretty much prove to me that they're, they're nailing these basic consistent, basic habits first mm-hmm. um, before we can put a stress on the body. So it's just, yeah, those basic habits. Yeah. So master the basics first and then mm-hmm. you get to like earn the right. That's right. um. I've seen you make posts on like, you don't get to diet just because you feel like it, like you have to earn the right to diet. Yeah. And unfortunately people don't do the precursors before. And then they wind up in that spot where they're maintaining their weight on 1200 calories. They're not happy with how they look, but they're scared to go up and they feel stuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's the hamster wheel. And, you know, if your coach does say you're not ready for a diet, like don't just go hire a coach that will say, yes, I'll diet you because that person probably has your health in their best interest. And unfortunately there are some people who will say, oh, I'll just do things my way, but really trying to like sit with that and listen to that message. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that can that's so true. You know, I always tell people, find someone who's going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Cause that is when you know that they are looking out for your best interest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, a kid wants, you know, to hold a knife, you're not going to give them a knife if they're not ready. Right. I mean, you could, but, um, yeah, I just gotta make sure that you're ready. Yeah. You gotta take those baby steps Yeah. now when it comes to the physique and maybe the person struggling a little bit with like body image or maybe like with where their weight is at, do you have any tips for someone in a maintenance phase? Um, well, always it's like to focus on other things aside from your aesthetics. I know, I think focusing on like performance goals in the gym, like hitting PRs, like to me, that's, that's a high, like I, I get so excited when, you know, I get in the gym and I can lift heavier weights. So focusing on non-aesthetic wins. So whether it's, you know, um, 
performance in the gym, maybe picking up new hobbies. You know, you're so focused on like your your fitness goals that you totally like forgot about like what do you what else do you enjoy doing? Um and being able like socializing more, you know, getting out before you probably didn't even go out at all because you're afraid to, you know, you didn't couldn't track everything perfectly. Um spending more time with the family. Um those are the and then just working on other things. This is like improving their um their relationship with food, you know. Yeah. Um, challenging themselves to go out to a restaurant and not worry that they can't track everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so just focusing on those um, those non-aesthetic wins, I think are important. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like both you and I work with a lot of similar clientele of that like perfectionist type mindset mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people who are rigid, they like their structure type A, like that person. Yeah. But one thing I like for those people to do in maintenance or even in a reverse phase is to create a food list of things that they haven't incorporated in a long time. And I tell them to eat the rainbow and try something they haven't had. And it's a little unfortunate because a lot of times they're stuck and they're like, well, I'd like what I eat. And then I'm like, well, what did you like eating when you were a kid? And they're like, well, I really liked this one popsicle I used to have in the summertime. I'm like, add that in a little bit, you know, it's okay to have some things like that on occasion, but what happens with that is their relationship with food just improves so much. And then when they do diet, it, it stays in that a lot healthier of a place. So that's a great thing. And also just going to your favorite restaurant and actually ordering what you want and not the salad with the dressing on the side toppings on the side, you know, like actually (laughs) get maybe like, yeah, like a nice steak or whatever it might be. Yeah. So that's a, that's a huge win. The other thing with the clothes is like, clothing should fit you you know I think clothing looks bad when you're trying to squeeze yourself in it and that's a hard thing because it's like people form attachments to their clothes but I'm like seriously just throw it away like fashion's changing all the time anyway yeah sizing up Italian women to size up in clothes it's okay to size up in clothes I mean honestly no one cares no one knows what size you wear you will look better in clothes that actually fit you versus trying to squeeze yourself into something that's way too tight and way uncomfortable. Like I just, I can't stand that. So, I mean, that's what I've done before size up and things. Um, it's just, you just look better. You feel more confident and you're more comfortable. And it just, it's just better than um, just, you know, when the clothes are too tight and you can feel the skin rolls over it and you can barely zip it up. It's just, to me, that's a constant tactile reminder that it's not fitting me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Encouraging women to size up and clothes is huge. I, it's not a failure. It's not a failure. You know, you, I, I just, I don't, it makes you sad to hear women say that they feel like they failed in some way, but you, you haven't, you know, you're yeah. honoring where your body is right now. What is, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I've pulled up my pants by my belt buckles and completely ripped them off. <laughs> like I jumped <laughs> up and they just ripped. And oh that's gosh. because I actually had some legs for the first time in my life, but yeah you know, we don't need to be our high school size or college size or before baby size or whatever it might be. Like we always focus on the past and like, we need to start focusing on the now and the future and where we want to be. And you're going to be in a lot better of a spot. Yeah. 100%. One, um, post I wanted to talk about with you is, and this always is in my head. And that is the reason why you don't look like her. And then you have a bunch of things of like, she's more consistent than you. She's been doing this longer. She has more muscle and like all these different things, because I'm sure that you get people who are like, Oh, 
want, I want to look like her, or I want to look like this, but then I'm sure that you have this whole list in your head of like, but you're not doing this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which post. Are you talking about the one that where she can eat so much? That one, or is there a lot, a lot of people plagiarize it? <laughs> oh, that one. Oh, how can how she can eat so much and look the way she does? Yep, that one. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that. That was definitely my most plagiarized post. Um, but yeah, it's true. I mean, like you know, think about the women that that you kind of look up to or you, the bodies you admire. They kind of have very sim- some of the similar traits, right? They're not always chasing fat loss, right? Because I mean, obviously, you can't build muscle when you're always dieting. Um, and also, you know, she 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 lifts heavy weights. Like she's not afraid to lift heavy, right? That's what's going to change the shape of your body. Not like um, I'm not saying I, I don't want to talk down on group fitness classes or things like that, but that's not going to change your your body in ways that progressive overload will. Um, and then focusing on like. Um, not focusing on cardio because cardio is great for heart health, but that's not going to change, you know, what your body looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I say? Um, not dieting all the time. Um, she's patient. Like she just, it's a lifestyle for her. Um, oh, and the, the scale. She doesn't let the scale define her. This is a huge one. You know, I mean, the, if you always let the scale dictate what you're going to do you're you're going to be stuck i mean Mm -hmm. you can't you know if you can just focus on how you look and how you feel that is way more important than what the scale says i mean i would rather weigh 10 pounds more and look like you know the way i want to look than 10 pounds less and still look you know shapeless and not defined so just not letting the scale define you and letting that go um and just just you know just living a life of abundance instead of restriction, you know, yeah. it's huge. And don't always let that scale define the phase you need to be in. You know, I don't reach like I'm throwing out a random number, but like just because you reach 150 pounds doesn't mean you have to go into a fat loss phase. Like how right. do you feel in the mirror? How's your performance? Do you look the way you want to look like that's all that matters. And um, one thing I say often is your goal weight might not be your goal look. And I had told myself that I should be like 120 pounds. And I joke now, cause like if I was 120 pounds, I wouldn't have a period and I would be the most grumpiest person ever and super food focused. Like I wouldn't be me. So my goal weight for my body is significantly higher than that. And that's okay. Because like, I like who I am with where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like, I, I try to have women let go of a goal weight, right? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I say that you're gonna you're gonna look your your dream body is gonna probably weigh more than you think or like honestly. Um, so you have this number stuck in your head, and then all of a sudden, like you think, you know, I have to be that number, and then you a lot of times you'll go to drastic measure to to be that number, and you're not gonna look the way you want to look. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, I mean, I I, th- I think are coming around, but don't understand that five pounds of more muscle on your frame looks so much better different than weighing five pounds less on the scale mm-hmm. so like what do you want don't you want to isn't it a look what you're after anyway you know the number shouldn't matter yeah one thing I wanted to mention in the maintenance phase too is like it doesn't hurt to continuously be doing a pros and cons list and like weighing out what your goals are because I think it's important like if you've been in maintenance for six months a year long a year and a half or whatever it might be reevaluate, take time to see like what your goals are, 
um, check in with yourself because you can always switch the direction, but like you really want to weigh everything out before you do decide to bring that up to your coach or you do decide to, you know, switch up your program. Cause I think sometimes we can get emotional or even yeah. if it's not a weight thing, it, it could be a seasonal thing. It could be right. an event-based thing. We think, Oh, I need to prepare for this, but really draw everything out to make sure that that's going to be the right choice for you. And understand that like, you don't always have to be changing your phase. Like just because one might be in a building phase doesn't mean I need to do that. Or this person's in a fat loss phase doesn't mean I need to do that. Like you need to stay in your own lane. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Being focused, like not letting what other people are doing distract what your own goals are um, and not being swayed by other people's opinions also. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's huge. And like in the competition space, like I know you focus a lot on lifestyle, but I see competitors where- show season starts in May. And then they think, Oh, I need to prep. I need to get ready. I need to do nationals. And it's like, but do you really? <laughs> yeah, that's hard. And that's where you, ha- you have to be selective about the people that you follow and let into your space as well, because that can be very influential mm-hmm. in the way you're thinking. So I always encourage people to always audit the, your people who that you're following and make sure that they, they align with your goals and you know what you're wanting to do. Because if you're constantly surrounding yourself with people we're constantly dieting and always chasing fat loss, you know, you might be kind of tempted to do that when in actuality, that's probably not the best thing for you to do. Yeah, definitely. What are um, some things you'd say you've learned about yourself just through maintenance and how it's like changed your life? Um, I've learned to trust my, my, um, my hunger and satiety cues. I mean, I don't think you really develop that unless you're truly in a maintenance phase, right? Because in, in, in dieting, when you're dieting, you're, you're, a lot of times you're gonna be hungry. You can't really trust, you know, what's going on. So, um, and not, not, ident- not associating my self-worth with my, being my leanest self. Like mm-hmm. that's not, it's, it's not important, you know? And um, understand that there's different seasons to your life and you can, I can still make progress, um, tremendous progress at, at maintenance. Um, and life is really good. I just wish that women understood like how life, how good things could be um, if they allow themselves to stay there long enough to discover. And truly, I don't think I would have understood the benefit had I not allowed myself to stay here as long as I had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think people think maintenance is, should be like only a month or two months or three months or, you know, that's really not long enough um, for you to understand like, the benefits of it and just like balancing things you know everything's more balanced you know you're just more like this is who you are um yeah and understand that you don't have to be chasing a goal to be making progress right yeah maintenance is progress also I feel like in a maintenance phase my headspace is more open you know like it's not just because right now I do a, a dual program where I'm tracking four days I take three days off but like on those days off, it's like nice. Cause I, I can be a little bit more spontaneous. Not that I'm like a crazy person at all, but I can go a little bit more with the flow. I find that yeah. I, um, have those satiety signals, which I never used to have for mm-hmm. years because yeah. of the dieting. And right. I, I didn't know what it was like to be normal. And now, like, I feel like I found where I used to be before I ever used to mess with dieting, which unfortunately was like middle school. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's not uncommon though. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, but yeah, being more relaxed in social situations has been huge too. Cause when you're, when you're in a dieting phase, a lot of times it's like, okay, where are we going to go eat? 
where can I fit my, my, my macros? Um, when you're in a maintenance space, you're just more relaxed. Just, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of, like you said, just go, go with the flow. It's really nice to not even, to not think so much about food. You know, yeah. where, where am I going to get the food from and things like that. Yeah, it's, um, I call it like an abundance-based mindset. You're not going to go out to eat and think I need to have this and this and this or what happens if X, Y, and Z happens or if I gain weight and it's like, what's the point of going out to eat when it's so stressful at that point? And now you can go out to eat and have your meal, enjoy it, not feel like crap after and move on with your life. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, there are some extremists in this spot where they think food is just fuel, but I am, I'm always like food is also enjoyment. It's culture. It's a huge part of our lives. Should it be the only part of our life? Absolutely not. But you know, you should be going out and enjoying a meal out, you know, not every single meal at home is a five-star meal, <laughs> but <That's true. laughs> those, those meals out should be an enjoyable experience. Yeah. So Juan, what would you say are your final thoughts about today's talk about maintenance phase and just how important, how important this phase is? I just I kind of reiterate, like, I just would love for women to understand how good it can be here and that not everything has to revolve around how much you weigh and what you look like and being your leanest self. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so much more to life than what you look like and your, your gene size and if you can see your abs. And honestly, you know, how lean you are is truly the, the least important thing, at least interesting and important thing about you. Like when I look at someone, I'm not thinking like, oh gosh, you know, she's amazing because she's so lean. Um, okay. So if people can understand that about themselves, that'd be great. And just maintenance is where life should be lived. This is where, um, you know, you should be living most of your life and you can still make amazing progress here. It's yeah. not a period of being stagnant. I think we all need to be a, a lot less shallow towards ourselves. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, thank you again, Juan. I feel like this podcast episode is going to be so helpful to our audience. I'm going to include all of your information down below and hopefully we can have you on in the future. Thank you. I appreciate you. Here on Beyond the Bikini, we talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be challenging to hit your fitness goals on your own. There is so much out there when it comes to working out, hitting your nutrition, and finding the plan that's right for you and your goals. Now, one thing that can make that a lot easier is hiring a coach and getting support towards your goals. I'm happy to say that I do offer online health and fitness coaching. I have plans that vary from support with training and nutrition and just your nutrition, and I even offer challenges throughout the year. If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you check out that description box down below. You can also find more details on my coaching services at NicoleFerrierFitness.com or even on Instagram at NicoleFerrierFitness. All right, now back to the episode.